I don't know, I'm, I'm not that sick often and I'm also not too often on holidays. So you can say that I have 10 years of really straight training without a pause longer than two weeks. Yo Gorillas, welcome to the Athlete Insider Podcast by Nation. My name is Phil and today's guest is the weighted beast of Germany, the three times German champion in weighted calisthenics and with PRs, let me check, uh, of 125 kg dip, 200 kg back squats, 75 kg chin-ups and 22.5 kg muscle-ups. He's one of the most complete athletes in street lifting and weighted calisthenics right now. I'm happy to welcome you to the show, Micha Schulz from Germany. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a long introduction, but uh, yeah, I think for the people uh, who don't know you or uh, even are not aware of the big numbers, I wanted to include these uh, these PRs um, because you have an impressive um, record in the in the German weighted calisthenics uh, history, and uh, yeah. We received some questions. We received some uh, demands to interview you. So I'm really happy to have you. And uh, let's kick off for the people who don't know you. Who is Micha Schulz? So yeah, I'm Michael, 27-year-old athlete and coach from Berlin, uh, capital of Germany. And yeah, basically, that's everything you need to know about me. Um, okay. I made uh, my passion, also my profession. So everything in my life is around the sport, calisthenics, weighted calisthenics, powerlifting, weightlifting. So everything that is resistance training um, is what I do, is what I love and what makes me the man I am today. <laughs> yes, the man who is sitting in his own uh, gym during these times, I think uh, you're like ad admired by a lot of people, not only because of your physique, of course, but also I've because never of had your... so many friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. Um, so yeah, let's uh, get to the to the uh, contact point between you and calisthenics. Um, how did you get in touch? Because before you did skating, right? Um, let let us uh, be part of the history. How you got into weighted calisthenics? Um, basically, uh, yeah. I, so I started skating uh, back in the days. So I was like those uh, little skater boy, and then in I don't know which year, but when I turned uh, 17, I got introduced to fitness, like in a commercial gym, just uh, as every dude uh, who's around 17, 18, just wanted to have bigger chest, bigger biceps. And what can you do about it? Just, yeah, hit the gym with some weights. And uh, that was about this for four years. And then um, basically the whole bodybuilding style of training, I got pretty bored with because like, Once you're kind of satisfied with the physique level, it's really hard to stay motivated. Then summer came, it was like summer 2014 roundabout. And it was super hot in the gym. I was pretty bored with, with training. And then I just searched for outdoor training possibilities here in Berlin. And there was a park in uh, the central of Berlin city. And I just Googled it and went there and there was uh, a calisthenics group training like a group of uh, pretty loud, pretty strong Russian guys, uh, <laughs> the Barlina uh, community from uh, Berlin, obviously. And I trained the first time there. And from this day, I was there almost like six times a week for the next three years. And that's history. So I never planned to, to enter calisthenics. It, it happened by accident. And these guys were also um, into weighted calisthenics. They had like um, those plastic weights filled with sand there in the park. And so I got directly introduced to, to rated calisthenics. And um, yeah, that's about it. This is now six years or like six years ago. Um, and that's it. So no really cool story, just uh, <laughs> by accident. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it is a cool story because I still remember uh, the videos from uh, Den Vital and uh, the Balinas in, in general, uh, where, where they said, yeah, the new super talent, the new uh, the new generation of uh, calisthenics, of weighted calisthenics. And you were like... Um, As it seemed for me, as, a, as, a, as somebody who is not uh, living in Berlin, and uh, 
it seemed that you made progress really fast. Like, uh, I don't know, a few weeks before I saw you doing a straddle planche and then uh, a few weeks, it, it seemed for me that you did a full planche and like heavy, heavy dips with these uh, ugly um, plastic uh, weights. And like, <laughs> it was, it was funny to see from, from far. Was it um, this, this kind of quick um, progress for you as well? Or was it, uh, yeah, long? To, to, to put that in relation, um, back in the days, 100 kg dip was something special. That yeah. was huge. Yeah. So if you're now going on Instagram and see someone dipping 100 kg, he's like, okay, yeah, you need to start somewhere, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> and back in the days, that that was huge. So um, like considering it now, it would probably be normal or slow progress. But yeah, for me, um, back then it was was pretty fast. And I got the advantage that I had four years of training history before I entered calisthenics, which uh, kind of gave me a pretty good start position. And that made it real fast from the outside. But I put in four years in before, not related to, to calisthenics, but those four years definitely count. So um, with one year of calisthenics, it was like year number five in training history. So um, that gave me a big advantage. Plus, you had some people around you who already had some experience, right? Like I, for I had guidance, definitely. So shout out to the, the Barlina guys. They really uh, did uh, a great job back then. Yes, because it's uh, it's a strong community. Um, as it looks from the outside, you have like uh, Dan Vital, who is also uh, who participated in the German Championship, etc. In these days, um, and who is also a really really strong athlete with a lot of experience. Um, and uh, what 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 were your goals in the beginning? Was it the physique? Was it the moves? Uh, what what was it that you sticked with calisthenics? Um, for calisthenics, definitely the the statics. Um, That was like number one, what I wanted to do. Uh, back in the days, uh, a planche and a handstand push-up, this was like, uh, those two were my number one go-to. Um, the byproduct of training was then muscle-ups and that stuff, but the the actual goal was uh, handstand push-ups and planches. I wasn't, I don't know why, but I never was interested in front levers. That's why I still kind of suck at front levers. <laughs> Um, because I never really implemented them, but uh, yeah, the, the pushing skills I always found impressive and beautiful. Like I kind of fell in love with the aesthetics of the motion. That's why I'm also like so much into coaching and form coaching at the moment, because that is like really, um, yeah, the aesthetic of the movement is what still fascinates me a lot. Okay, and were you always uh, stronger in push or like uh, more focused on push, let's call it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so also in the gym, uh, the four years prior, you I did bench press. Or I am and still, or I was and still am pretty pretty strong in rowing motions, mm -hmm. but vertical pulling was always a weakness. Okay. Definitely. Do you think this is because of uh, lack of focus or genetics or what is it? So it, it kind of depends also on my biomechanics because, I'm, as you know, I'm not a tall guy, but uh, I have pretty, pretty long arms for my size, which makes vertical pulling obviously hard since I have a long pulling path. Um, but on the other hand, it's gold for deadlifts because, like, I don't need to lift the weight up like pretty <laughs> 10 high. centimeters. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so for, for um, biomechanics, I'm definitely more gifted for uh, pushing motions. And that is reason number one. And reason number two, like really directly after it is uh, focus and training. Because since now the last two years, I put a lot of effort in vertical pulling uh, to tackle that. And it definitely pays off. So uh, genetics uh, is an excuse, but only short term, because on the long run, uh, you, you can't really outwork it, but you can come close. Definitely. Yeah. Get it. And uh, the typical questions from the community are always, uh, because you already said it, how tall and heavy are you right now? So uh, tall, maybe that changes. Uh, thumbs, uh, <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, 172 centimeters still, like never changed from I was 16 years old, sadly. Okay. <laughs> and uh, at the moment today, I was uh, 97.5, so around about 80 kg at the moment. Yeah. 79 so the, the heaviest i ever have been at the okay moment, yeah. For a moment, a bit. Yeah. yeah for a moment i was shocked because you said uh, 97 <clears throat> if i heard it right um 
but uh, I think 79, you mean? Uh, 79, yeah, close to 80 kg to, okay. to uh, make that correct. Okay. So heaviest I've ever been. A lot of Christmas cookies uh, consumed. <laughs> okay, this is why you wear a long, long sleeve and uh, large, large clothing. No, that is style. Okay, good. <laughs> Oversized and, and crop shoulders is my, my go-to at the moment. Okay, good. <laughs> Then we have some styling, styling tips as well. Um, did you already say how old are you? Uh, yeah, 27 in the okay. intro. Okay, 27. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yes, something that I ask myself um, is um, why do you think you have the results that you have today? Is it uh, because of hard work? Is it because of your scientific, uh, smart approach to training? Is it because of your nutrition? What Or is it every, everything together? What is the, the, the main essence of your success? So definitely all together, but um, I would put number one, definitely adherence. Uh, if I look back, I'm now training for 10 years and I had never ever more than two weeks off training. No week. And in the weeks that I would train, I never had a week with less than three trainings. So like... I don't know. I'm, I'm not that sick often and I'm also not too often on holidays. So you can say that I have 10 years of really straight training without a pause longer than two weeks. And I still love it. So the, the adherence is definitely what, what creates big numbers. So, um, yeah. And then smart programming, good training approaches, good nutrition is what all comes together. But number one is definitely uh, the adherence part so love what you do think long term and then baby steps okay yeah because your career uh when i look back from the barlina thing where i got to know you um then you had a lot a long time where you also went viral on uh, social media uh, at least that's in my uh how i remember it in your home gym you had uh, your bar in the in the in the uh how to call it in the, uh, it, I don't know, but uh, you know, in your apartment and you did yep. uh, chin-ups, et cetera, uh, underneath the light, you know, at 12 pack, et cetera. And uh, like really, really, uh, this was the, the next step. And now you're like sitting in your gym. How does it feel like to have this career or this uh, long time in the sport? Uh, I won't go lie. It's amazing. Um, Uh, to get this uh, whole attention and to be able to make my living out of my passion. Um, this is, feels amazing. Like can't lie about it. Um, and I'm like still every day I walk into my, my own gym. I, it's just a small room, but like I still have that small smile. Like, <laughs> you know, this is mine now. I made it because it was always kind of a, a dream to have like my own training room just for me and uh yeah last year it happened so yeah looking on on all that stuff that happened and i never actually planned big steps like it all kind of developed over time so kind of honest progress like it was nothing big really happened just small steps that that now built the foundation of What happened is uh, amazing. And I enjoyed every year, definitely. From the, the start with the Gornation uh, calendar to, uh, yeah, the own gym at the moment. You know what What just pops into my mind? You know, when you were in uh, in Münster here uh, for, for the shooting and you just launched your um, King of Weighted uh, PDFs and your store, uh, you had this, uh, I don't know, your, uh, you didn't, you didn't go with the, the big store that you, a shop that you have now, you, you had like some small software uh, to, to handle all the payments. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just I just remember like us standing in the bus and you uh, being like you were you're, you you were overwhelmed. You were you didn't expect that many people um being interested in in your in your training program and it, for me it seemed like that you were surprised. And um yeah, today you're off offering coachings, you're still having and progressed and uh, improved your uh, training programs, etc., which is like from the outside um, for for the calisthenics scene, it's something special because um, not a lot of people have done what you what you did until now. Um, 
Is there any advice that you can give to, um, I don't know, to somebody who wants to become coach or like somebody who is uh, impressed by your story? Mm -hmm. So I uh, definitely always had an eye on how to monetize my work because that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to make a living by calisthenics. So I kind of um, always like considered how can I uh, position myself in Instagram to sell products that help people and that help me to, to obviously earn money from it. And um, that's why I pretty quickly um, got into also the combination of weighted and skills because that was something special back in the days. Not a lot of guys did this. And then I started to, uh, what you mentioned, to sell my routines. Uh, it was called weighted routines back then and it was uh, not even PDF. It was okay. Word. Based, <laughs> like I think five years or four years ago. Um, which was just a, a summary of all the routines that we trained in the group, in the Barlina group. And it was like $20, $20 I guess, back in the days. And um, yeah, and then from that point, I started reading about training. I got better on the, the Barlina. I started coaching people. And then the, the programs developed. So the programs got better. And my videos got better. So the output I gave got better. And I always tried to um, kind of give out a lot of information so people recognize me as something you can believe what he says. So if you read a post, okay, it's, it's from Michael. Yeah, it, it might be true. If he said it, I, I might consider it. And that is a process that takes a lot of time, like always in marketing. Same for your story. You just need a lot of time to kind of build a brand and um, that would be my advice to to young athletes that are looking for creating a brand because in the end your name is a brand and uh, a strong brand um, is something you can monetize and something you can can make a living out of even without a big reach like compared to other athletes you also had here in the podcast like my my reach is kind of limited um But I think I'm pretty strong in, in monetizing this reach with uh, yeah, quality products, or at least I aim for it. Uh, you need to ask my customers if that is true, <laughs> but uh, that is definitely what I'm, I'm aiming for. So definitely keep an eye on the business. Which is really important. So you can put your whole time and you can put a lot of yeah. more, more time and uh, also more, uh, not only more time in marketing, but also more time in uh, like reading stuff and uh, yeah. continuing to, to learn. It's like a simple equation. Like if you, if you don't get enough money in, you can spend money on, on a camera for your content for, as you said, time, you need to make time for the content and, That is like something that needs to develop over time. The more you put in, the more you get out, but um, you need to put in a lot until uh, something is coming out. And that is where most people just don't have the, the patience um, to uh, make a living out of it. Like it, it, in the beginning, it all sounds fun, like selling 50, 100 programs a month sounds a lot of money, but then uh, you have taxes, you have your expenses and, and all that stuff. And You, you are not a rich person directly just because you know you have some Instagram reach. It, like, it takes a, a lot of time and don't think you are going to be a millionaire in uh, five years of uh, Instagram influencing. So just yeah, be patient and do it for, um, because you love it and for the money, but never only for the money because you will be disappointed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, do you think it was necessary that you uh, became three times German weighted calisthenics champion or was it, um, do you think you would be at the same position or like maybe at 90 or 80% of the position without these titles? Mm, it definitely was a push for the, the king of weighted brand because, yeah, you know, it's a pretty edgy name for a brand because like uh, crowning yourself is like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's uh, not too understatement. Um, and you need to, to back that with like rather knowledge or like real titles and um, or <laughs> pretty, pretty handy together. Okay. So yes, it, it definitely was important. It wasn't planned because you can't plan to, to win competitions. Um, 
but it was definitely very important for the, the branding and also for my personal development because that gave me a lot of confidence um, to really also um, really put that out. You know, you, you can't call yourself King of Weight or your brand. Like it's not my title, obviously it's my <laughs> brand. Uh, you can't call your brand King of Weighted and then like uh, represent a shy athlete that has no titles, no success. You know, you need to to live the brand kind of and um, yeah, be be the role model for your own brand. And uh, for that, you need to, you don't need to win, but you at least need to win against yourself in the in the competition. So you need to improve. Yeah, that's true. And you need to be authentic because uh, King of Weighted, everybody who knows you personally would say it, it, it kind of fits to you. And uh, it, it um, like to your mentality or to your personality, let's just say it. And um, I think this is really important. You can't build a brand, uh, for example, um, I don't know, I, could, I couldn't build this gangster brand, or these hardcore uh, tattoo guys. I don't know uh, if I'm like more the, the friendly guy or like, uh, you know, and uh, the same thing for you you need to be authentic uh, with, with your brand. And I think you did I, a good job. I don't job. need to be everybody's darling, yeah. but I need to be authentic with, with what I am. And yeah, if you follow me also on Instagram, you know that uh, yeah, I'm pretty edgy and pretty direct in, in what I say. Um, that might, not everybody might like this, but um, the, the people that, you know, give me a following and that interact with me. Um, they like the way I am and that I am how I am. And that is the, the most important. That's true. Because likes don't pay your rent, um, but a strong community does. Yeah. And fans, like not followers, but fans. That's how we call it at Coronation. Our goal is not to have 100,000 fans, uh, followers, but the goal is to have like uh, the 10,000 fans, uh, really people who support Coronation, who uh, yeah support us by wrapping the clothing, etc. And um, yeah, it's the like same. You have uh, amazing Instagram stats for like the, the small reach you have. Yeah. Like this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's better the than goal. mine. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, so maybe we can talk afterwards. I can give you some advice, but uh, uh, for <laughs> for the next uh, question, um, people were questioning, asking, um, how do you manage to combine that many training methods? Um, or like, how is it possible um, to combine uh, aesthetics, to combine um, like really power, Uh, muscle building, all this stuff, um, that all these goals that you have with aesthetics, even um, how is it possible to put everything in one in one person, in one uh, king of weighted? So uh, when it comes to uh, aesthetic, um, usually form follows function. So if you have like um, a good combination of like, clean eating and training independent of what you train, you will develop a good physique. If it's like kind of resistance training that is with uh, high intensity and close to muscular failure, you will definitely develop uh, a good physique if you're not eating candy the whole day. So the aesthetic part is actually the, the easiest of all because that is easy to achieve if you just stick to a certain routine. And the rest is um, planning your, your training over time. And then um, what I usually do is that um, I have like a list of goals with like statics or skills that I want to achieve. And then I focus on one or two of them for a certain amount of time until I hit um, the desired level I have. And then I put these skills on maintenance. So I don't need to like in, give you an example. I don't need to train straddle planche a lot during the week because the straddle planche is something I have on lock without doing it frequently. So I don't need to put in a lot of effort. I won't get better in it um, without doing it, um, but I also will not get worse. So I can focus on other different goals. And then from time to time, if I put it back on the list, I put more effort in and then I maybe have a time where I have a solid full planche And because this is what I wanted to do. And then I put it on maintenance again and probably half a year later, I can't do a full planche anymore, but I still will have the straddle. And that is basically for all other things. Um, you can't have big 1RM numbers the whole year. You, you have a, 
a competition phase where you peak towards high numbers and then you have a phase of like two or three months where you definitely can wrap out a lot of weight and then afterwards you need to go back to train your technique improve your muscle mass so you need to go more towards other goals and that is just structuring your training basically and then over the years the the maintenance list grows you know like Now I have it all on lock, but five years ago, I need to put in a shitload of effort to like have a front lever, to have a planche, to have a muscle up. And now it looks easy. I can do it without training it because the people don't see me training it, but they see me doing it. And it's like, he can do it without training, but that's just not true. Um, I have a certain level without training it often. Um, but if I want to improve, I need to do like the work as everybody else. So I didn't, yeah. Okay, so, so do you think in a few years you will have the full planche on lock so you can do it uh, all year long? That kind of depends on my priorities. So mm -hmm. at the moment, since I'm like doing a lot of squats and getting back into the squatting because I now finally can do it. I had a, a knee injury that like, sorry. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, my gym is located in not like the, the best quarter of the city. So... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> they're already uh celebrating uh new year's Eve. but the funny part is that this interview will probably uh yeah. go live on new year <laughs> uh on the last day of the year so yeah <laughs> yeah so uh i kind of lost it what did i say <laughs> um i asked if you can uh lock the full planche one day and okay. uh, right now uh, you're yeah so um probably not because uh, i will gain a lot of mass on my legs obviously now training it a lot and that probably will give me some regress even on the planche because I'm at the moment don't want to put a lot of effort in planches so probably uh, I will have a hard time doing straddles uh, because I'm at the moment I'm not too interested in uh, the planche because I had it on the schedule for like five years now uh, just looking for for something else and Maybe it will change. I don't know. Can't tell yet. But at the moment, probably not. Okay. But I could do it. So if I plan to do it, I could promise you to have it on lock. That is all about training and priorities. Yeah. And it's a good thing um, because uh, I, I see it in life. I want to be able, I want to know in my head that I am able to, I don't know, do this and this if I want to, uh, but I don't have to do it because I diff right now I have different priorities and that's a good thing. Uh, maybe the same thing for you for training. You could be able to do the full planche um, like um, all year long or like maybe, um, yeah, you could lock it if it match matches your priorities. If I put in the work, then yeah. yeah. Nice. And full planche requires a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> I think so, um, because it's still, it's, I think you can tell more, but it's not comparable to the straddle planche um, because it like, it's another big, big step over the straddle planche, right? Yeah, for the most, like also from the coaching experience, consider the time that you, that it took you to reach straddle and then the same time again to really have a, a solid full planche. Yeah. From the beginning of uh, working out or from tuck planche to... Yeah, from the beginning where you started uh, planche training. Okay. Like it, it definitely can be different for individuals, yeah. but like this is uh, a good thing to, to plan with. Approximately. Because the, the conditioning for joints and ligaments just takes a lot of time. It's not only about muscles, like the, the conditioning part uh, is very, very tough. I don't know who invented this element, but like saying let's... <laughs> put our whole body weight on the shoulder girdle on a straight arm. It was like a pretty, pretty crazy dude, definitely. So because it's like not healthy and not a smart thing to do, like a planche is all but natural. So um, it's that's why it's so hard uh, to do because it's not a position that humans are made for and that humans probably also should do. Um, so... But that's also why it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Everything that uh, isn't natural or like that is hard to get, etc. Uh, it's the things that are uh, desired in, in the human psychology. Um, yes, 
you um, also offer the King of Weighted uh, workout programs to combine skills and weighted. Um, what is, uh, and we also have a small uh, offer for the people, for the listeners. Um, what is the, the um, special thing about the program to combine skills and weighted? How does it work? So basically during the programs, um, it's not split up in skills and weighted or like static training dynamic training um, I just consider a skill as a certain exercise for a muscle group basically so if you have a, a pull day then the front lever is a pull movement just mm. a regular thing to train like um, before or after pull-ups uh, kind of depends on the program but it's just implemented as an exercise for muscle group xxx and um, same thing with handstand push-ups or like overhead Uh, exercises so a handstand push-up or a pike push-up you can consider it a skill or you simply can't consider it overhead pressing work and so you, your body doesn't really care if it's an overhead press with the barbell or if it's uh, a handstand push-up regression so you can like implement it the same way so it's kind of orientated on the, the classic gym training if you want it so you have like a list of exercises with certain sets and reps and the the skill is nothing special. It's just an, an exercise that fits on that day in that program because it trains this muscle group with this intensity and uh, this amount of volume. And um, this is a pretty good approach because it's easy to scale. Uh, it's easy to develop over time and you don't need to really kind of handle the skills uh, special. Um, just uh, the how you program the skills is a bit different from a uh, lifting exercise uh, special for the statics because a uh, static con uh, muscle contraction is something different than a dynamic one but in the end the the approach is kind of the same so in the programs and also in my training uh, skills are nothing special it's just a regular exercise that uh, i implement for uh, a muscle group And then depending on how high the priority of the skill is, um, I implement it in the top of my training to be fresh and to really put in the work for it. And if it's like on maintenance, it also can be uh, a bit later in training. Yeah. Okay. So it's all about priorities um, and uh, implementing it into, yeah, in the right place of the, of the workout. And then you, you, you need to consider uh, some other factors, like if you need, a lot of explosive strength. So it would be not a smart thing, even if muscle ups are not your number one priority to put them at the end of your training because mm -hmm. uh, explosive strength requires not to be pre-fatigued. And then you need to put it up as a pretty high priority in your training, or at least at, at the beginning of your training to uh, have it with a good quality. Um, same goes for uh, statics that you are not advanced in. Um, because the, the amount of concentration you need um, to be able to hold a static, um, you need to do it at the beginning of your workout. Because if you're like, if your nervous system is fatigued, um, your body can't like, um, how do you say that in English? So can't tell your muscles to contract um, in the way they need to do to hold the skills. So statics, if you're not advanced in the static, I would also definitely do it at the beginning of the training because you need a lot of concentration and also a lot of uh, strength and that you have most likely at the beginning of your workout. Okay. Sounds good. So uh, yeah, we will uh, put it in the description for everybody uh, who is interested in uh, checking all the King of Weighted programs um, in your shop. Uh, there is a 10% uh, discount with the code Goronation10 and uh, yeah, that's um, nice to combine it. Um, Question that also happened um, uh, happened uh, was asked um, is um, yeah man ask him how I do three handstand push-ups um, easy but I can't do uh, military press or uh, overhead press uh, with my body weight um, how is this possible uh, what what can you say about this one because a lot of people think oh if I can handle my body weight uh, calisthenics is like um, you need to activate more muscle uh, you have to coordinate etc it should be easy to do a military press with body weight why isn't it like this so uh, first of all, also uh, a barbell lift is a kind of skill 
And skills always require specific work because the movement pattern is similar, but it's not the same. So uh, your body needs time to um, adapt to this new skill, even if it's a barbell lift. So you probably have a, a solid amount of strength if you already can do a handstand push-up. Um, and this will definitely transfer a lot to an overhead press, but uh, the movement path is uh, kind of different on an overhead press um, because on a handstand push-up, you have a lot of body lean. So you're also not moving your whole body weight because it's not perfectly aligned with, with gravity. You have like some slight angle in it and uh, you, you won't go for an overhead press like this yeah. as you kind of do on a handstand push-up. So um 100% body weight on an overhead press from the strength effort is definitely harder than a handstand push-up. Um, but then on the other hand, a handstand push-up uh, combines uh, more muscular coordination because you have the, the balance component in. So just don't compare it because you, you, you can't really compare because you can max out uh, an overhead press pretty easy but maxing out a handstand push-up will probably be not possible because balance will always be uh, the limiting factor. So just consider it uh, two different skills that have a huge carryover to each other, but uh, it's just different movements. Yeah. Because of the leverage or the angle or... Yeah, because yeah. The, the, the bar path is different on the overhead press and the, the balance component is different. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So just not compare it. I think that's uh, the easiest <laughs> thing to do. Um, let's uh, take an exercise like uh, the pull-up. Um, and um, people are asking how um, does the training method differ between weighted endurance one rep max, even though it's the same exercise. Uh, can you have a, like, tell us more about the training program, the programming um, for these individual goals, one rep max endurance and like uh, weighted, I don't know, 32 kg on endurance, for example. Mm. So um, if you're going for high intensity training, so really, really, really heavy training close to one RM, um, you definitely need to consider working in different bases. So um, the, the easiest example would be to period, period plan to plan your training uh, pretty <laughs> linear. That means you, you start with, uh, I don't know, easy example, you start with three times eight reps in the pull-ups. You do that for like a certain amount of time, like four to six weeks. And then you go for uh, three times six, three times four, three times two, three times one to give your body time to adapt to the loads, to give your system time to adapt to the loads. And also important is uh, stay away from failure because um, when you always train to failure, you kind of pretty fast out train a rep range and you can't add weight anymore. You can't progress because you, you can't give your body time to adapt if you always train to 100% because then there's end no time to adapt because you did 100% then you need to change the system um, that you train to adapt so like if you're working out of regulative like stay at least between like four and one rep in reserve if you go for um, one rm training and really progress over time and like alternate volume and intensity this is pretty important and give your body really a lot of time to adapt to high loads because in the end, um, being able to move high loads is a skill your body needs to learn. Your, your nervous system needs to be ready to um, say to all muscles at the same time that it's now time to put in 100% effort to move this or to move this weight for one rep. And this is a pretty long, really, really long process to, to learn it. So kind of consider it as a, as a static skill. <laughs> it just needs time. And yeah, MREP training is actually pretty easy. Just like also start with kind of a buffer and then go for like three times 10 reps, three times 11 and so on and so on. And then you can also implement heavier days in your training to um, yeah get a bit faster adaption progress um, because at MREP training, you will hit the plateau pretty fast because it's, it's just not possible to add rep by rep by rep weekly. 
And if that process slows down, just do the same rep range for a longer period of time and then change from training block to training block. Because um, the more advanced you get, the longer or the, the, um, the um, slower your progress is. So like considering myself, like adding weight takes a lot of time. Like I can't play with rate progression from week to week, probably from month to month or even from year to year. And so um, the closer you get to really high amount of reps, um, the longer it takes to um, add reps to it. So if you like can do 30 pull-ups, it probably took you a year to reach 30 pull-ups, but it maybe takes you two more years to reach 40. You know, it's like, it's not a linear thing to do. It's um, something you definitely need to consider. So it might not be a real plateau, but you just need a long, long time to add another rep. Because if, if that would be possible linear, then you know a lot of people will would be able to do 100 pull-ups. Uh, there aren't a lot of people probably uh, who can do this. So um, yeah, M-rep training is pretty easy. Just add reps over time. Um, 1RM training is also pretty easy, but um, you need definitely to, to plan it pretty carefully and so to make your body adapt to the weights over time. And training for like hypertrophy is the easiest. Just choose the rep range you like and then train close to failure. And that will make your muscles grow. Okay, because it's interesting if... if um... If somebody's not in the topic, I, I would think and I would like think that uh, it, it's smart to go to muscle failure, you know, like all day, every day, uh, hard workout, always muscle failure workout every day. These are the, the things that are said in the community, you know, um, yeah. but as you said, it's, it's that not is also why so many guys are injured. So, of course, everything I just said is pretty simplified. Um, of course, it takes some, some more knowledge and, and effort to really create a, a solid program but um yeah just to, to give the guys a, a simplified uh, solution and always training to failure just produces a lot of fatigue because the training has two responses like your fitness level goes up so theoretically directly after training you are stronger than before because you train but on the other hand your body produced a lot of fatigue like the metabolities, like the, the byproducts of your uh, metabolic stuff that's going on in your body, like the, um, the small fatigues in your muscles, small like fibers that got destroyed by training. And that all sums up, sums up and kind of masks your level of fitness. And that is why you are weaker after training than before. And then over a certain period of rest, fatigue goes away and your new level of performance um, gets visible. But what happens if you now, without sufficient rest, directly train again to failure, fatigue just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And that is what you then call overtraining. And that happens um, not often, but uh, definitely too often. Um, that's why also a lot of people don't progress. Like two major reasons why people don't progress is because they do too much or they don't do enough. <laughs> Actually, it's, it's just those two. Um, because to, to find the sweet spot in the middle, uh, it takes tracking, you know, and I don't know a lot of like those old school athletes who track their workouts and write down what they've done to know, okay, I did like for a few months, I did this, this was good. Or I did this, this was too much. And it, it just, you know, you need to write it down to know it uh, if you're not a super brain who can remember every workout. And that is uh, basically the, the main problem of a lot of people. They just don't keep track of the training and they're not aware of what they're actually doing and how much they're actually doing. And change that, guys. <laughs> Is this also the, the main reason why it's uh, smart to have a coach if you want to do, go into uh, like really, really good results? Mm -hmm. So definitely, um, because having an objective view on your training um, like puts you into a, a justifying position. 
Um, so you always need to justify why I haven't I done this, why overshooted I on this exercise, why skipped I this exercise. So you, you put yourself always in the situation of uh, justifying yourself for another person. And the coach has also a pretty objective view on your training. So he gives you um, the techniques and exercises that are necessary and not only the exercises that you like. So um, it's like a better regulated uh, training. And if you have a good coach, he also uh, has more knowledge than you regarding this topic. And so can maybe change your system or show you ways of training uh, you haven't done yet. And that improves your performance. Okay. Um, getting back to your form, uh, you're like, uh, if I have to describe you, I would definitely say um, power, uh, success and weighted calisthenics, but also your physique uh, is something that um, it, I would say is part of your uh, success, not only on social media, but uh, um, I guess also in the in the in the real world, um, but uh, yeah, people are asking: uh, Do you train abs a lot of times, or how is it possible to have uh, yeah your your kind of abs? So <laughs> the the main point basically is that um, the upper part of my abdominal muscle like starts on my rib cage. Okay, you know which yeah. which makes the the abdominals popping out just much more even when i'm just standing you, you see that on my videos if i if you take a look at me from the side like the the upper part just pops out huge and this is genetics i haven't done a lot for it this is like a gift from mama <laughs> um, so that is uh genetics and also um that i have the luck to have like my my tendons that like kind of build the abs the pecs that uh, they are pretty symmetrically and yeah, just like what the, the most of the people consider aesthetic. This is also something you, you can't influence. So if you like have it symmetrical, if you have four, if you have six, if you have eight, like that is given. And I'm pretty gifted with this. And basically all I need to do was to keep my, my body fat low enough to make the abs visible and to train it in, in which form ever, like ab training, statics training, whatever, and to make them grow enough to, uh, yeah, give them a nice shape. So it's like 50% genetics, 50% nutrition and training. Okay. Then uh, if we already hear the form police in the, in the background, um, what what kind of nutrition uh, does it... I told you I'm in the ghetto here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, what, what kind of nutrition uh, do, you, do you do? I always remember these uh, steaks in your story. This is why I unsubscribed you because I, um, yeah, I wasn't able to, do, to see it anymore. But uh, what, what kind of, what, what food do you eat be, be, uh, besides steaks? So yeah, I, I try to reduce meat, uh, to be honest, because wow. I'm eating I'm eating a lot of meat or I ate a lot of meat. I'm just trying to reduce it at the moment, uh, basically for uh, environmental uh, reasons. Um, so nothing personal because uh, I think animals are too cute. It's more like environmental related um, to, to give the the next generation a planet that has more than uh concrete on it um yeah it, it's not working always but <laughs> i'm giving my best and usually i just uh, plan my meals around the protein so i just take a look on having uh, a source of protein um a source of carbs and then sum it up with greens that are like like some veggies fruits whatever um yeah basically every meal has those three components so carbs because i need carbs for power for training for my brain like everything mostly everything that needs energy in our body is working with certain sugars so carbohydrates and that is why every meal uh, has carbs protein like self-explanatory <laughs> And um, yeah, greens for health, basically, because we need vitamins, minerals. And I try to implement this in, in every meal that I eat. And I, I, don't, I don't track, like I'm a big believer in natural eating habits. 
So um, because I don't want to force myself to keep track of every meal, um, because I think that is something that will make me unhappy on the long run. Because like, if I feel like I want to eat a donut, I want to eat pizza, whatever, then I don't want to have a number in my head that prevents me from doing it. Like mm -hmm. I want to have a healthy relationship with, with eating and um, I'm pretty gifted with it. So I can do it. Like my, my hunger fits my needs pretty good. So I, I, I tracked for a while to know what I round about, what um, meals I need to eat, what amounts of food I need to eat to like stay in shape, to bulk or like to reduce Uh, my body weight and since i have that i can now eat like pretty pretty natural and i also i don't have cheat days whenever i feel like eating sweets uh, i do so but i also don't like get into binge eating habits uh, because i like i have no big nose um, then i eat sugar i eat chocolate but i don't go for the whole plate i just like eat a small part and then that's it so I try to have a healthy relationship to my body and to my nutrition. Yeah. Okay. Um, people are always interested in also in supplements. What kind of supplements do you, uh, do you take and what supplements do you think uh, support a, a weighted calisthenics athlete? Mm. So you uh, have like performance supplements and you have health supplements so health supplements is uh, a different topics. So if we're talking about like fish oils, so omegas, greens, like, um, or minerals like magnesium, whatever like this, I would consider more health supplements. And that is a different topic, uh, but like performance related, uh, definitely can recommend caffeine. So some kind of pre-workout booster, which is like a direct performance enhancement. So caffeine in before, training is like kind of doping your body and that helps with training obviously and uh, creatine is also kind of a health supplement but um, it like is the um, one of the um, parts of the structure that gives your um, muscles energy so your body can build energy from the creatine which gives you a bit better performance in certain rep ranges and so it also has a direct influence on your performance pretty pretty small so don't expect changes like supplements is the the top one percent so if everything works and you want to invest money and get even better then think about supplements um, but don't expect huge steps like it's really small like The most of you might not even recognize the difference. So, um, yeah, really the, the top 1%. Okay. And then how, uh, any kind of, of protein powders if you're not be able to get it in with your regular food. Because on a, on a certain amount of muscle, um, you like your protein intake is pretty big that you, you need to um, eat. And that comes with big portions of food and then supplementing protein in form of a shake is just more comfortable to do and then i would suggest going for uh yeah protein source like could be a whey it could be a vegan protein whatever um just uh, to make it easier to get the proteins in so it's also no magic pill it's just like easier to get the amount of protein in so Don't put like the, the supplements on a podest. Like it's really nothing special. It's like uh, spending a lot of money for small, small uh, increments in progress. But if you're on a high level, that can make sense or that is a calculation that can uh, be good for you, but definitely not needed. And again, as I said, health supplements is something different. I also don't want to recommend something because that kind of depends uh, on, the, on the person. On your nutrition, on, on the person's need, etc. Um, how many hours do you sleep per night? Uh, do you always hit your eight, nine hours or is it, how does it work? Um, I, I used to be pretty precise with sleeping and putting a lot of effort <laughs> in sleeping. Mm -hmm. um, at the moment, um, I'm actually pretty happy that I can sleep so much because that means I'm gifted with a lot of work in those crazy times, which is, kind of a privilege at the moment 
So I'm having like a, a lot of clients coming in at the moment due to the, the whole lockdown topics, a lot of people opting in into calisthenics. So the online coaching is growing um, pretty fast, which makes it not possible for me to have sufficient sleep uh, all the time. But um, in average, I definitely get my seven to eight hours of bedtime, which ends up in like also around of seven hours of sleep. Okay. I don't want to know what, what the other time in bed is done. Um, but um, Thinking, yeah. WhatsApp. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Um, question. We're coming closely to the end. I still have two questions before we uh, go to the quick questions, quick answers. Um, what are the three main things that if people improve this, they would get much better results? Definitely work ethic is number one. So really doing what you planned and sticking to a plan and really execute it over a long time. So having a good work ethic and not skipping things just because now a party came up, like a new girlfriend, whatever, like that you stay consistent with it. That would be number one. Number two, uh, ego. So uh, leave the ego out of the weight room, like move the weights you can move and not the weights you, you want to move. Um, that would definitely be number two. So just be, be honest with yourself uh, in training. And number three would definitely be uh, recovery habits. So sleeping and eating, um, adjust this. This is a huge part of the progress, often neglected. And like just by increasing your sleep by one hour, probably the performance will increase a lot for the, the most of the people. Because like net, nearly everyone that has a regular nine to five job lacks in sleep, like 99%. What do you think is the minimum? Like, of course, it's uh, dependent per person. Some people just need six hours uh, or like seven hours and they are totally fine. But uh, what do you think is the, the average uh, that a person needs? So as, as far as I know, evidence tested with up to nine hours of sleep and they still found an improvement. And I also know some um, weightlifting athletes, like professional athletes that make a living out of their sport. And they have naps programmed in their training program so like they have like a training in the morning and then they have like one hour of sleep like scheduled by their trainer programmed and that is how important sleep is so like probably um you can sleep enough like eight to nine hours plus but that doesn't work with uh, a social life and training so <laughs> Um, yeah, kind of try to 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 make it to the eight hours of, of sleep and then you should be good. Because I always have uh, Schwarzenegger in my in the back of my head who said, uh, yeah, uh, six hours of sleep is enough and was enough for him. Uh, and uh, you should just sleep yeah, faster. Yeah, if, you, if you're juiced up and like speed up the recovery process, <laughs> then probably less sleep is sufficient. But for, for athletes that... Uh, have a natural body that just needs time um, to recover and recovery is mostly done in, in sleep. So just, yeah, I would prefer that you sleep longer than uh, start enhancing. So guys, <laughs> please just uh, sleep. Okay. Um, yes. And the last question, what are your goals for 2021? We're now like, we're launching this interview on, uh, uh December 31st, uh, 31st. And, uh, yeah. What are your resolutions for the new year? So definitely, uh, getting the crown back, um, on the, the German nationals or like, it's, it's not the German nationals anymore. It's like German, Austria and Switzerland nationals together so it will be definitely hard a lot of young talents so um the first year where i can definitely say i don't know if i will win and so this will be very very hard but um yeah that is definitely one of my goals to uh win again and on the other hand um yeah getting a better coach so um at the moment i'm not too focused in improving myself as an athlete but more in improving myself uh, as a coach so learning, coaching, getting more clients, getting better qualities uh, as a coach. And 
So I'm putting a lot of effort in at the moment now, learning a lot and investing a lot also here in my gym to just have the environment to also improve. And hopefully that will pay off in 2021. Yeah, I I hope so because uh, like uh, I, I can imagine that it's sometimes hard being a coach and an athlete at the same time because it's um, you're like in the bubble of training the whole day um, and uh, it's also um, yeah as you said with sleep etc it's also uh, mentally draining uh, to to be a coach it's not the uh, yeah the as we call it passive income lifestyle uh, yeah. in the beginning uh, it's it's work it's uh, yeah uh mentally as i said draining work um so do you th see um a challenge in being a coach and an athlete at the same time or is it uh, an advantage yeah, so if you want to be a successful coach you definitely um need to prioritize it and, and this is what i do so as i said i'm, I'm not having enough sleep at some times It also, I, I reduced my workouts from five to four weekly, um, cut it this down because I now just just need the time to like, because I, I commit to my clients to, to make them better. Um, they pay money to get my attention and then you need to deliver because as a coach, results is what, what like measures your success and also like what, what gives you success on the long run because you can collect a lot of clients, get a lot of money, But if those clients don't have results and don't recommend you as a coach, you're like dead after one year. So um, you need to put in a lot of work, like going the extra mile to, to make the clients happy. And this is what I try to do. And this definitely has impact on my training. But this is the, the prioritization that I, I need to make because, um, yeah, I'm getting 27, <laughs> uh, getting 28 next year. So, um, you know, business is more important as, than sports at the moment um so yeah putting in the work there and getting the best out of the training as well but yeah priority is definitely uh coaching great then now we're coming to the really important questions pizza or burger burger <laughs> every day all day Like yeah, same. Pizza anyway is like uh, a more flat sandwich than a burger. So, uh, burger. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you prefer dogs or cats? Dogs all year long. Great. Uh, do you have a favorite location for holidays? Uh, beach. Anyway, anywhere. Warm beach waves, like warm, warm air. Just, yeah, beach. Nice. Uh, yes, both uh, Germans sitting here in Germany <laughs> in their hoodies. The dark, cold, yeah. lightest skin in the world. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite calisthenics athlete, uh, top three, or um, like any any p athletes that you look up to and follow? So I follow a lot, and like I, I really like the training style of a lot of people, but I don't have like a, a top list. So. Um, I don't want to want to put names here because that would be unfair because there are so many amazing athletes like the this it's like getting crazy at the moment the levels are exploding and like it's it's fun to see and yeah I, I follow a lot just take a look at my following list and then <laughs> you see uh, how how I follow for inspiration whatever yeah great uh, do you have a favorite book. I'm not a frequent reader, actually. <laughs> so But like, once I, in school, I, have, I read. <laughs> I don't have like like a storybook or like uh, I don't have a book that like kind of changed my life. So uh, I don't have a favorite book. Um, like, no, not not really. Um, at the moment, everything re related to to training. Like the the last one I read was uh, it's called the Strength Pyramid from Eric Helms. Uh, it was the, the last one. So it's not my favorite, but it was the, the last one. <laughs> okay. Um, if you could only follow one person on Instagram, who would it be or one account? My girlfriend. Your girlfriend. Great. <laughs> She's sitting in the room, I guess. Uh, that's why you say it or? <laughs> 
No, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, what what sport would you do if calisthenics didn't exist? Uh, probably gym bro, weightlifting, curling, like just hitting the gym. Okay. Yeah. Nice sport, curling. Yeah. Um, the best calisthenics event you've ever visited? Mm, the um, the Machbar Max Out in Spenge last year, uh, November 19, was amazing. Like the, the you, you also have been there, yeah, you know it, uh, the, the whole atmosphere and uh, Dino moderating it, like with screaming in the mic all the time, like yeah. it just push you to the limits it was amazing you can like i have a sum up on on youtube and like the the whole atmosphere was was crazy like uh, enjoyed this yeah definitely top one and i think uh, quite a few people saw uh the the scene where you did your what was it one one twenty 125 25 kg dip and then afterwards the full planche that was something that i didn't see before and that was quite quite impressive and so uh, yeah it was, it was uh, also my biggest flex un until then yeah <laughs> <laughs> until then what did you do in this year in the last year i don't know we will see hopefully okay. at 130 and a full planche <laughs> okay nice um yeah These um, are the questions um, that we handled today. Uh, thanks a lot for your time. First of all, before uh, we say goodbye to everybody, all the loyal listeners who are here since uh, 80 minutes or something, um, how can people get in touch with you? How can they learn uh, from you? Um, how can they contact you for coaching? Yes. So I'm uh, super active on Instagram. It's like... Uh, Micha, Micha, wherever you come from, how do you want to pronounce it? Underscore BLN underscore. Um, yeah, I actually answer in uh, a matter of hours. And then you can just ask me all the questions you have regarding online coaching, regarding the programs, and then just get in touch. And then we will see if it uh, works out with coaching or programs or not. And then just, yeah, just get in contact. That's it, basically. And you also find me on YouTube with uh, under Micha Schulz. Um, there is my channel. Uh, it's mostly also training-related content as well as on Instagram. If you want private infos, you yeah, need to become my friend <laughs> because uh, all my social media is just uh, sports-related, 100%. Great. It's funny that you say uh, that you tell the people that you respond in, in uh, within hours and then me for the interview, I, I had to write uh, to you like for three weeks or something. That's uh, something that we can maybe talk about <laughs> after the interview. You wrote on WhatsApp. <laughs> okay. Okay. I didn't know that WhatsApp on the priority list is, is below Instagram. Sorry. Okay. Actually, it is. <laughs> <laughs> nice um yeah and uh, for the people interested in uh, the king of weighted uh programs also all the links of your social media um all the links uh, of the program just uh, kingofweighted.com and uh, coordination 10 is uh, the code which gives you 10 off independent of uh running you know discounts uh, so whatever is active in the shop uh just Go with Coronation 10 and you get an extra 10% Great. on uh, sein Nacken, as we said. <laughs> nice. So yeah, all the social media channels, everything is in the description. And uh, yeah, I want to say thank you for your time. I know you're a busy man who uh, sacrifices his sleep uh, to be here. Um, as you can see. <laughs> <laughs> yes so big thank you to you and also big thank you to everyone listening um 80 minutes it's been a long but i think it was really informative a lot of information a lot of questions handled and uh yeah thanks to everyone for listening to this if you want to support the series give us a thumbs up give us a comment who should be interviewed next um and also if you have other questions to micha uh yeah feel free to comment them maybe we do an episode two maybe uh, he will respond them uh, if he is active uh, maybe a little bit more active than on whatsapp um but yeah uh, apart from that michael thanks for your time and you are uh, allowed to end this episode and say goodbye so yeah then also from me thanks for listening and yeah see or hear all of you in the next episodes i will be there as a subscriber so uh do that too